start that all over again. <laughs> Welcome back to the Whiskey in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast. Now with the mention of whiskey in its title, we are Keena Lake after dark, 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 dark. This is what? your host, Jake. And as of recently, sometimes always, always and forever in my heart is with me, Callum O'Donnell. How are we, Keena Lake after dark? It is um, extremely loud in here. Very loud. We extremely are live from Oak and Swine in Batavia, Illinois, where we are at a whiskey tasting. Live with Sagamore Spirits, Few, and along with Union Horse Distilling Co., but not with Wilson. <laughs> I know, it's, it's very rare that you have one without the other, but it's great to be here, and it seems that there's been a really good turnout for the event. Absolutely. You know? We've got a, a friendly crowd of people along with us from the Fox Valley Whiskey Society hosting the event with Oak and Swine, great whiskey bar here in Illinois, trying to make their names sound like as a more of a bourbon bar, premier American spirit bar as well. And yeah, well they, just, they just did say that they wanted Oak and Swine to be the premier, uh, or I would say premier bourbon, bourbon bar in the valley, right? In yeah, Fox yeah. Valley, or, so, or in Batavia rather. So, I mean, that sounds good, man. And, and, and this is the way to do it. You know, I, they mentioned at the start that they were looking for a lot of kind of um, sponsorships and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so this is the best way to do it, right? Get, get reps from the brands in through the doors, talking about it passionately, and getting new different whiskeys in people's hands. As long as people have a good time. They're going to come back and they're going to want to. They're going to want to try this kind of thing again, right? Well said, my friend. I think we'll be tasting around three to four spirits from each individual brand. If you listen to our episode uh, from a whiskey event with Women Who Whiskey at Fountainhead a few episodes ago, it's going to be a similar to that, but we are indoors, so it's going to be a little bit louder, more the background noise. We're going to try to remain quiet as possible as the presenters uh, present, but we'll talk about the brands individually, even though uh, Brett was just recorded with us on Friday, but that episode won't come out until a few weeks from now to talk about Friday, Friday, Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th for Sagamore. Uh, but we've had, obviously, we all three of these brands on because Wilson, who is the brand ambassador for Union Horse Distilling Co. Uh, is on the podcast because he is a co-host of the podcast. Yeah. But he couldn't be here tonight um, due to unforeseen circumstances with our government and things like that. Also, uh, we had Few, uh, Catherine on from Few. In the very first, I think, 20 episodes of the podcast, she did marketing for Few. And we talked, her and I kind of talked about the whole romantic side of distilling and whiskey and everything that comes along about working inside of a distillery even though it's just from a more of an office viewpoint, but you're still inside of that distillery uh, every day. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the coolest things about the three whiskeys that we've got. They're all quite, they're not, they're not household names. No. But they're all, they're all getting there though, you know? Like right. Few, especially, you know, at, at the beginning, the presenter, I, I, sorry, presenter, I didn't even know his name. Mike. Mike. So Mike oh, was... Oh, wait, which one? The one that was just presenting. Oh, from Mike, yeah. Mike from Fox Valley Whiskey. So Mike Mike was presenting there, and at the beginning he said, look, who knows Few, who knows Sagamore, who knows all these whiskeys? Union Horse. And there were there was a spattering of hands, okay, which is which is good considering that we're in Batavia, and it's like a, a, a whiskey club where a lot of people are, are brand new to the game. But one thing that I would say is that, that I'm really liking about this crowd is that it's not just a bunch of old white guys. No, very different. It's diverse. not just a bunch of old white guys, right? So it's a lot of women here, which is great, especially after our um, Women Who Whiskey event. You know, that's that's positive. Um, and I think that on the same side of that, it, these these are the this is the kind of demographic that we got to be pushing for, right? Keep going. Yeah. So no, I mean it's been it's it's a it's a good demographic here. Although I keep keep getting passed by these beautiful old fashions. And I've asked for one already, and it's not it's not quite landed in my lap, so I might have to go chase one down. <laughs> um, also, 
there's a, a set of uh, cashews in the middle of the table that's basically crack. So be Watch very, very careful. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to talk about the brands. Hopefully we'll get, uh, maybe we'll talk to a guest or two. We'll see how, we'll see how what they're like uh, after a few whiskey pours. But now joining us is the one and only Brett Bauer, back for a uh, second time in two days on the Keen Lake podcast. Brett, I was, welcome. I was just hoping you could dig up my first episode with the history of Marilyn Rye and the Sagamore story and just play it over the loudspeaker. So I don't have to uh, remember it all. I think you better talk loud tonight, because um, I can barely hear you, and you're okay. I will talk and much you're about three feet away from me. Uh, so I was just coming here for that. some cliff notes. I don't know if I want to present, so uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Second here is figuring out some audio levels to work through this. It is a loud room. Um, yeah, it was really. It was really. I think it was really nice for Mike to set the scene with people because it seems like. Not only is it a diverse a group of people when it comes to uh, sex, gender, all that kind of stuff, but people raise their hands kind of timidly when they ask, are you a bourbon enthusiast? There's only a couple in the room, and a lot of them seem to pay a lot of close attention to Mike's presentation about the history of bourbon and the background of where our native spirit comes from and why we're all here tonight. It was funny that he started to mention that because I've only kind of just learned some of those things recently myself, oh, really? you know? And uh, there was a, a maybe a couple of months ago now during quarantine, uh, Jake and I were having a conversation off the podcast, which actually happens, by the way, for anyone listening. We do talk sure. off the podcast. But Most, I, mostly like what, lying in bed cuddling. Yes, of course, with Remy. Um, with Remy. And I, I'd, men- I'd mentioned that I'd read about the, the Bourbon family in, oh, in yeah. France, you know, and how that had come over. But I'd never heard the theory that Mike had just mentioned there that uh, the whiskey was named after Bourbon Street. Oh, you never heard that? I'd never heard that theory. Now, I presume that presume that in some form or another they are tied together right there is some kind of link there's a tenuous at least at least tenuous link there between the two yeah. the two ideas i hate bur- i hate boring people about the story of bourbon because if you're a whiskey drinker which i'm assuming everybody who listens to our podcast probably is yeah uh, they've heard that story so many times if you're an american whiskey drinker especially a bourbon drinker but going back to um his classification how everything that was ornate was called bourbon in america to show off that it was a fancier um, type of high end. Yes, high end anything. It could go from being whiskey or a jewelry, um, even crates. I believe were called bourbon. So it all relates in there very, very neatly, uh, as we have neat whiskey. But I won't, I won't bore you with the history because I've talked about no, it. No, so no, no. But you know what? And it's something that even, even in Scotch, is something that we go back and forward with all the time. You know, we as in in the, in the world of Scotch, in the world and whiskey in general, like people yeah. are interested in where these things come from, and there's always going to be some kind of debate, dispute, like about who really invented it and who really did it first, right? Yeah, absolutely, and it, that's what's followed here. And one point Mike said was was very important: ledger systems were not accurate or really consistent whatsoever, or basically non-existent until like the mid early 1800s, mid 1800s, especially when it came to whiskey and distillation, because so much of it was done behind the government's eye. And yeah, so much of it was illicitly, done in, yeah. Yeah, illicitly, and also just done as a way to have take your surplus of crops and use them for something profitable, too. Yeah. Oh, but it's a fascinating history. Um, even though we're talking about bourbon, we're going to talk, we're going to jump into some rye right away. Yep, yep. Gonna what are we talking about bourbon's older brother, uh, which is rye whiskey. I'm trying to figure out if they served the first course with Mike's talk or if they were waiting for my talk. I think they might have done it ahead yeah. of me. Well, what are you, you going to be tasting tonight, Brett? We're going to do our signature, our double oak. Uh, then Mike, who just moved here from California, brought the Southern California Wine and Spirits barrel pick. 
Oh wow, that's great. Well, maybe maybe the the the, the wine and spirits battle pick that might be one that we we get a little taste of because obviously the others we've we tried and tested. Right. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, if there's any left, I'll find some for you. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, if we unless it's a wild goose chase, you're gonna send me on. I don't want it. I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah, I don't know. Sunday I'm night, nervous. man. I'm not sure how much we need to invest our taste buds into tasting Union Horse after we have it basically every week. Uh, also, a second we've had a lot too. But I will be interested to revisit some of the few. Uh, I don't drink few all that much anymore, just because there's so many things out there. Even though it's one of the first craft whiskeys that I was drinking a lot of back in the day. It's because you're part of the Koval few feud. They're what? Is the Koval and Few feud yeah, that we all much. know about. That was a. I guess we can talk about it now. Who cares? Is that a thing? I don't even know. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was always like, oh, if Few got an article wrote about them in a nice publication, it'd be like, why didn't we get that article wrote about us? Like, well, we're two different brands, so they can have theirs, we can have ours, and I'll share it together. So, but uh, yeah, I'm glad to see that. I have to get Mike on the podcast as well to give a little background about few because we haven't had them on as i said in about a year and a half ah uh, he'll be good yeah. yeah we'll get him to sit down when he's uh when he's done here um i'm going to uh go present all right oh, well, awesome luck. well luck. brett's going up i apologize for the microphone levels here we're basically working in the dark here so i'm turning the knobs in the dark and adjusting on the fly for anybody out there the, the other thing as well was this is our brand new system yeah it's only our second recording with our new uh microphone setup which uh callum graciously donated all the money for i mean if if anyone's out there that does want to sponsor the next the next purchase of equipment for the podcast, <laughs> we're thinking about buying some headphones. But that's uh, that's next. And to be honest, to be honest, headphones would have helped us out in here. I might, I might have another pair in there. Uh, we might have to look on that. So it's all right. It's at, no least, at least so you and I maybe can hear each other. Yeah, I can. I get. I'm getting you in my right my right ear here. But um, no, it's nice to have everybody here. And here we go with Brett. I think it'll quiet down once the presenters go. And we can always, when we go in between intermissions, we can do, we can turn off and then revisit once the crowd level dies down a little bit. But we're always glad to be out here uh, covering whiskey events. Uh, we unfortunately, because if you're not from Illinois, our government has shut down indoor, uh, is shutting down indoor dining um, very soon here. Not a lot of spare notice for us all to yeah. figure it out. Yeah. And we had a bunch of events planned for the next upcoming months that will now probably Just be canceled, left canceled and right. be pwned. Hopefully, we'll be able to do some more at Fountainhead um, because they're outdoors still, so we can still dine mm -hmm. and enjoy outdoors, mm -hmm. but it's all certain counties that are based in, so we had a few events that are canceled um, after so many events that had already been canceled this year, and we kind of started turning the corner. Things were looking optimistic, but now we're kind of going back into the darkness. Yeah, the dark and, and days, the dreadful days. And obviously, I don't want to... We, we take it very serious. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to... But I, what I was going to say was I don't want to beat a horse that's already beaten so badly, no. but... Um, you know, it's, it's so disappointing because we'd gone for two or three months there where things were starting to trend down. Let, you know, the, the, I don't want to say that the industry was getting back on its feet because it wasn't, but right. at least there was some kind of optimism there. And it really feels like that this was the, this was the final nail in the coffin. You know, this was a real blow. I agree. Um, I think, to, I think to tonight whiskey. we should just focus on the whiskey and the people on it. So, and the people yeah. here as well and celebrate that. Yeah. I mean, at least we're here. At least people are getting whiskeys into them. There's um, old fashions already. Yeah, there's been a bunch of old fashions kicking about. And, um, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Let's see what Brett has got to say for himself here. And we might even have a, uh, a special extra tasting tonight, too. A, s a special guest whiskey. Oh. It's possible. From, uh, from, our, from our friends down under. Maybe. It's, 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 <laughs> it's uh, in the cards right now. But I'm guessing at the way these people are enjoying their libations at the moment, we could probably hold off on that. 
you never really know either. And in, in, in these kind of situations, for anyone that's listening that hasn't ever been to a whiskey tasting, I'm sure you've been to plenty, but whiskey tasting in the times of COVID has really quite changed. You know, I think back for me personally, pre-COVID, a lot of it was about networking. A lot of it was about kind of touching tables, introducing people uh, to each other across the tasting. But nowadays, you know, it's, it's a little bit more focused on, on who you came with. It's a little bit more focused on the, the actual education side of it, which is good in a way because it, it's something that we, we maybe lost before um, and people just kind of wetting their palates on, on the good whiskies that we've got going for us. But it seems like it seems like we're going to get started. I hope so. The Sagamore sign is on the TV. The Sagamore sign is up. 1909. Right. I, well, what's interesting about this, too, is like obviously we're at a, a bourbon bar. Um, and we've studied the bur- history of bourbon, too, with that all. But I want to see how Brett plays the whole story of rye into uh, the whole whiskey experience in America. It's so important. And I guess Br- Brett and said it's, it's the older brother, the bourbon, but kind of the forgotten about older brother. And you really have to wonder... Um, we have to wonder. We're getting looks over here. We're just going to wave. Hi, yeah, we see you. Wave to um, the crowd. You, <laughs> we've got fans, apparently. Um, you really have to wonder as well. It, it really didn't seem like a lot of the people here were, were super experienced whiskey drinkers. I wouldn't call them whiskey heads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and Which I love. From the, yeah, I love that. Brand new. I mean, new blood. You know, you got to bring it in. Um, it's where you really kind of turn your presenting mode on and you become... Much more of an entertainer yeah, it's uh, and not, an educator. It's not an education thing. It's right. more of like a stand-up 20-minute show that you've right, got, right, right? right? And it's all right. about making people laugh, making people have a good time. Um, but it looks, it looks great. And, you know, like I, say, like, I say, uh, like I said earlier, it's great to have a real mixture of people here, you know? Obviously, in the city, things can get a little bit stagnant sometimes yeah, yeah. with the same faces over and over and over. But it's good to have, have young people out here. I got, th- my, I got my old-fashioned, by the way. Do you, know, do you know what they made the old-fashioned with? No clue. No clue. Probably Whiskey. smells like a rye, though. Whiskey. Smells I'm, like a rye. Knowing Brett, I'm guessing he gave him, uh, made sure that Sagamore was in the old-fashioned. Yeah, you want to smell it? it? Smells like a rye. Does it smell nice? Yeah, it smells really nice. Oh, wow, yeah. Sweet, but. Very sweet, yeah. It smells great. No, it's a really nice presentation to it as well. Hopefully, uh, as we're just killing time here, I'm not sure what we're and, waiting for. Well, but, and um, I, I was just going to say that about... Um, about the old-fashioned. One of the other really things that I like about this tonight is that people, if you're introducing people to cocktails with whiskey early on, it's a great way to get them kind of buying variants, you know, and trying out different things. Whereas if you convince them that you can only drink your whiskey neat or on the rocks or with Mm -hmm. a splash of water, then people can get pigeonholed, right? You know, they're like, oh, I don't really like scotch. I don't really like Irish. I'm more of a bourbon drinker. And you lose them in that in that sense, you know, they're not willing to try as many different things. Right. So it's nice that we're starting off with a cocktail as well. I agree with that. And I, uh, so this, this podcast will come out um, on Friday the... 23rd. Tw- the 30th? Oh, next, this Friday coming? Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah, Friday we're, the 30th. We're, we're yeah. recording on the 24th right now, I believe? Or this 25th. is the 25th, yeah. 25th, so 25th. yeah. We're going to release on a Friday, but um, this past week... We've lost week, track of time. <laughs> that, and uh, as, as we're kind of talking ahead in time, going back in the future... Our episode that was released on the 26th of October with Whiskey Nomad, it makes this, these kind of presentations that week makes you really forget what we used to have. It was yeah. hanging out with you know with Sarah and Nick, who are wonderful, terrific people. Yeah, they're going to people. going to great spots in Chicago that are still open. Um, thank God. Yeah, thank God. And enjoying libations from all over the city. And it wasn't just about having whiskey, but it was other conversation, the camaraderie that all four or five of us, six of us that we were together with at certain times, enjoying each other's company back in the bar. 
And one of the things that I, one of the things that I really like um, about both Nick and Sarah, and we mentioned this on the podcast, but it's amazing that they could step away from the size of their page. You know, they can step away from that and they can kind of switch it off. Right. You know, where they like the few nights that we went out with them. You know, it was very. It, it was none of it was about uh, content. None of it was about like you know. Um, producing took, things for their consumers or right. their followers. It was more about us all being together and having a good time and just enjoying each other's company, enjoying whiskey. And sometimes I think, especially you and I and Wilson when he's here, the three of us kind of get caught up in that. I think you know it's hard to it's hard to go to Fountainhead and just enjoy your time there. Yeah, you know because we're always we're either working or we're doing a tasting or we're doing a podcast, yeah. right? And like for me, it's we're, I'm, I basically create all the content for the page um, and the podcast. But that night, those two ni- or three nights we were together, I took one photo the entire time. Other than the podcast yeah. uh, recording, I took one photo at Rebel and Rye, which was an awesome time. Uh, I wish I lived closer to there because that would be my neighborhood spot. If it's I lived. an amazing bar. Yeah. It's a really, truly amazing bar. And, oh, you know, shout out to Rebel and Rye because they've, yeah. they've been doing some seriously cool stuff in there. And I think they have over 500 whiskeys out there. Over 500 American whiskeys, yes. There you go. Yeah, just great to have. A little variance there for you. So it looks like we're getting the. It looks like the ball is rolling. I think you said that about every two minutes since uh, Brett left the chair. Trying, try my best to, try my best to get Brett rolling here. We'll see what goes on. Maybe he should just yell really loud and just get started that Brett, way. Brett, start the, Hurry start the talking up. about rye whiskey in Maryland, baby. Maryland crab Under cakes Armour. and football. Under Armour, Brett. crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. Well, I'm gonna take a shot while we're waiting for him. Oh, here we go. I think we're starting. Oh. Here we go. Thank you. Oh, talking about the menu here. So we're even getting a getting a very short rundown here. Of yeah, the short menu. of the menu that they're going to be pairing with. This is a this is a food and whiskey pairing, and they will be pairing that together. I mean, that's amazing that we've got a pairing. Actually, I talk a lot about this. I talk a lot about this in my tastings. Um, a lot of people are convinced that you can't really pair wine with, uh, you can't really pair whiskey like you can pair wine with food. Yeah. Um, and this is something that I think is growing a lot. And I think it's something that we've got to do more of, um, pairing whiskey with food, because it goes so, so well. And especially if you're willing to step outside of one particular brand, you know? Right. And um, that's, I think we were talking about that with Nick, maybe off the air, with his, uh, yeah, the club he's developing down in San Diego. Yeah, with the, yeah, he's got a, he's the got service, a, a serviceman, right? Yeah, a yeah. group of ex, of ex policemen and firemen uh, and paramedics yeah. and all that kind of thing. From all across the world. And um, they're obviously, they're obviously getting involved in, in whiskey. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Thank God, Brett. We'll, we'll, get back, we'll, 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 we'll get back to that conversation. So Brett Bauer is finally up talking lovely, lovely poetic words about some Maryland rye. I mean, I think it's, um, for me, you know, I, I don't know if you remember, but I was telling you that my first uh, encounter with Sagamore was back in Dallas um, in 20, late 2018. Um, I was in Dallas, and, and that was the first time I tried it. And this one particularly, the rye, oh yeah, the Sagamore rye, uh, it was one of the first ryes that I kind of, kind of knew the the name of and now it's really kind of started a love a love thing for me you know i'm all about um especially with you know branching into pinhook and that kind of thing recently right. that we've been doing but the the sagamore rye is a beautiful 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 dram well i think too with that um on the friday the th- friday the 13th show which will be released on november 9th that yeah. monday before Brett brought us a bottle of the Muscatel finish, which I never had before. The Muscat what? Muscatel finish. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I didn't know they even had. And I neither did I. I've never even heard of it. He wanted to bring something special cause that we hadn't tried in the podcast, so he had one bottle of it left and opened it and shared. we shared it. Not oh, the wow. Whole, not How the was whole that? thing. 
delicious. It's it's probably my favorite thing that I've had from from their stuff. Yeah, really really delicious. When was your first time, kind of, that you remember seeing the brand Sagamore? Like, when was your first encounter with it as a whiskey? I remember seeing it on the shelf, but nothing. I don't know if I ever indulged into it until Brett actually he DM'd me after the first release, the very first podcast we released. Wow. He DM'd me and goes, "Hey, can I come on your show and talk about Sagamore?" And I was like, "Absolutely, man!" And it was. It's one of those things where instantaneously we had people kind of reaching out to us from their brands. Be like, you know, I'm not sure how big your audience is. I'm still not really sure how big it is either. Yeah. But uh, he just wanted to be like, I want to come talk about my brand because I'm so passionate yeah. about it. So it, it actually took quite a while. He, he, like, I think it was after the Matt McLean episode, so second episode, um, he DM'd us and asked me. It took quite a bit of time to figure it all out and get it all together, but we eventually did. And now Brett's been on the show like six times or so. Yeah, because he, he did say to me before uh, today that he was going to uh, steal my role as the co-host. And I said, there's not a chance, mate. There's not a chance. <laughs> but I think one of the nicest things, you know, what? Oh, every t- I've seen Brett present. This is the third time I've seen him present now. And um, he's very passionate about it, you know. Right. And especially, obviously, in the, in the role that Brett has specifically, I know that he, he takes care of the market, essentially. And he has to be passionate about it. But, you know, it's it's... It's seldom that someone gets up and they've got the same energy every single time that they can talk about it. You Definitely. Know, even myself, sometimes I get up and it's and it's tough to, right. to get that. And he seems to seems to fi- find it from somewhere. Especially when you're doing it virtually now, it's even more <laughs> difficult to dig deep down and really cause you can't feel that personal interaction. Sun- Sunday nights, Which Sunday is nights with COVID. <laughs> but this is why you. That's why we love doing these personal in-person interactions because you can feel the energy, you can see the eyeballs on you, and actually paying attention to you, what you're doing, and hopefully they have a positive response to your brand. Most time of these things, people are just happy to be out. Yeah. People are happy to taste stuff. Yeah. So and and you could probably. Moment. I don't know if anyone can hear, but you could probably hear that, like the excitement. Like you know, right. it was it was very palpable out here. I'm sure there's probably people here. It's their first time back out, maybe. Yeah, and you know, it was like I was saying to you on the way here, off air. We're getting to that stage now where, you know, this will be the last or, or it's coming to the end for us before before the winter. Because, you know, in yeah. Chicago, there's almost a self-imposed quarantine every year because of the winter. Yeah. Right? And so it's nice to get out and about and, and do a couple more of these. <laughs> we should also thank Brett that the reason why we're here is he got us connected with Byron from Oak and Swine to have us come here and do this. So initially it was going to be just a uh, shout out to those guys. Brett, Brett was like, can you? want to come and I'll co-host the podcast with you and I'm like sure I'll bring Callum too (laughs) can you imagine can you imagine if you were solo here (laughs) I don't know what I'd be doing (laughs) be monologuing I'd just be uh, talking about (laughs) my life my dog (laughs) all the all the whiskey I drank this week and oh my goodness I was I was looking back and thinking about it took some photos of some bottles we had one of my good friends he's a turned really into a, a, a big whiskey fan and he's kind of gone all out to the point where he's going to the secondary market to find bottles and he's gotten to figure out that he's become enveloped yeah he's involved yeah in yeah and so he has like all these elijah craig that you paid way too much money for all the eh taylor's that you paid way too much money yeah. for he has a few bottles of weller at his, at his house as well so he just he knows the uh the popular brands out there, but he'll also text me and, hey, should I buy this bottle? Or I'll text him like, hey, if there's something you want to get. And then like, a smoke wagon, I'm like, hey, this bottle, they're uncut, unfiltered, was on sale for $45 at Leo's. Text him. I'm like, hey, you should go there and get on this brand because it's $10 off. It's a great whiskey. Um, something that's coming up, up and coming, especially here in Illinois, as it just kind of came to the market recently here. But um, 
so we were at his, I was at his house one night this weekend, and we were drink H. Taylor, two different Wellers, uh, two different two different Elijah Craigs. Um, had the barrel pick from f- the antique at Fountainhead earlier this week. Had opened a Russell's barrel pick with some buddies on Saturday, and we killed three fourths of the bottle. Uh oh. Yeah. Um, let's see what else did we indulge into <laughs> this weekend? Had some good beers too, but actually we had the uh, the Ailming uh, Ladies Man. Ah, no had some, way. Had some of that after shout having out to those, Shout out to those lads. Did you get a chance to listen to that episode? I, I've not listened to it yet, but like I was speaking to. I was speaking to um, Brewy at Fountainhead, yeah. and she said that they're just a magnificent guys. Right. So it's definitely going to be something I'm going to have to listen to. That was episode 101? No, I think 103, maybe. Okay. Yeah, 103, because 104 is Whiskey Nomad this week. But no, they're just they're salt of the earth guys that are still working their bar jobs at Rockwell's and yeah. um, Bar on Buena for Nate yeah. and Rockwell's for Jim. And they started the company in 2012, but wow, yeah. went, after winning a homebrew competition, but it took them four years to get everything developed to actually yeah. make it into a brewery. And now in Chicago, they're starting, you see them everywhere. It's great. So I love those stories of guys just like working hard, truly following their passions. Because as Jim says, like, we're not doing this to get rich. <laughs> you know, we're doing this because we love, we have a passion for beer, which I think is kind of every guest we have on this podcast. Yeah, more or less. I, I don't think, I can't think of anybody specifically who I would look back and think, oh, they're just in it for the cash. You Probably know? Jimmy Duffy. Oh, Jamie Duffy, yeah. yeah she's just in it for the money. In fact, do you know what? The whole Duffy family. It's a really good point. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not still not sure what Marty actually does, but... Um, no one is. Um, he's a secret agent, I'm telling you. If, if it was, if it came out one day that he was just a spy, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, yeah, of course he is. Like, we didn't know, know what he did. Yeah. He, 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 he was just anywhere. He jokes about being a spy every day of his life. Also, if he was surreptitiously a twin... I would believe it as well if he was a twin because mm. everywhere I go at whiskey events I used to see him all the time and I'm like Marty how the fuck did you get here man right right <laughs> I remember in Galena last year you uh, were in Denver last night this is New York right right right, right. <laughs> like, p- pops up shows out of nowhere you're like <laughs> and they'll disappear too he's a very good Irish goodbye <laughs> that Duffy name stands true what's and Brett what's Brett talking about so he's talking about Sagamore's Sang- signature uh, all, one thing I don't want to double look indeed the double oak. I don't want to. I don't want to ruin the surprise on Brett's front, but there was something quite exciting that he just spoken to us about. Obviously, he mentioned um, he mentioned on the microphone that um, they they oh oh he's going to talk about it now. So a private barrel from Southern California. What do you mean? This is a this is a private barrel. Oh, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is that. a private barrel from Southern California. Yeah, we were talking about barrel programs, Brett, Brett and I. Um, both Sagamore and Star Wars use the same distributor here, and we have our barrel picks coming in the next few weeks. So we're both really excited about. I think. And you've had, sold them all, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think we have, between the both of our brands, have like almost nine, maybe. Do you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Jake Hucky, the king of sales. That's you, mm. right? 100%. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's why uh, the good the good folks from down under actually hired me. <laughs> I'm still not really sure why they hired me. Content creator, brand ambassador, master salesman. Um, sure, let's go with that. All of those. All, all of, of the above. Creating a lot of content these days. We are actually. I'm gonna need your help to shoot some cocktail videos maybe this week. If you need a pair of hands, I do. I need you a pair of hands and a chest. Face? No. Can't have you for the face. Face and an award-winning <laughs> smile. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've never seen what I look like, it's an award-winning smile. I take smile. a lot of pictures, pictures of it. It's also called a shit-eating grin, I believe. Hmm. <laughs> Lovely. I, I just tried that cocktail. It was very nice. It's funny how creating content, I was shooting a cocktail video on Friday morning and afternoon before we recorded the podcast with Brett at Fountainhead. How important do you think all that stuff is? 
I wonder. You know, I, I wonder about a lot. I think it is. I think without it, yeah. but I think it's more about being genuine, too. Yeah. I, but, but I think having that... Because it's easy. It's very, very easy to lose people nowadays right. on Instagram, you know, because there's so many different pages. Right. And I'm always, like, wondering, I'm like, should I push the boat out more and, and, and do more content? But at the same time, like, it's such a, it's such a hard balance to get right. And it's also the engagement that goes along with it. You can put it out there. Yeah. You have to have a call to action, and you have to be there to back it up and talk about it with the individuals that are coming yeah. to you yeah. through your page to actually do that. Because you make you make a shed load of content, right? And like compared to compared to other individual brand ambassadors, like I would say that you're definitely erring on the or <laughs> you're you're way further on the side of the spectrum of, of making a lot of content. Whereas I'm mm. someone that I'm someone that I don't take a lot of photos. I don't do a lot of videos unless they're kind of asked of me. Right. And I feel that. Like the oh. content that you Costa makes a good Manhattan. Lo- Come on. The, uh, second more Manhattan finish is delicious. We featured that on episode ninety three of the podcast. Uh, very delicious. All you really need in there is some soda water and just kind of a little fizzy and a it'll cherry. Work. Yeah. Not much more than that. But that was outside at Beguile, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember it. With all the trains great, passing. Great, great whiskey though. Great, great whiskey. I think there might be more noise in there. Um, sorry to get back to cre- content creation and being yeah, a brand no, ambassador. I was, I was just going to say that, you know, it's it's free. It's free to get everything out there, right? It's free to, to do that content creation. And you're, at the end of the day, you're becoming, you're going to be share of mind. You're going to be top of mind, okay? Right. For like, I mean, you're going to be top of mind for, for anyone that's watching that. So it's interesting, you know? And I think it's something that, as we come out of COVID, you know, whenever that is, God almighty. But <laughs> I think it's something that as brand ambassadors, we're going to be asked to do more of that content creation side. Yeah. Um, maybe not you because you, you have been doing it for so long. Like even before COVID, COVID you were producing a lot of content. Yeah. I mean, like it was odd when I was, I don't, I hate talking about myself on this podcast, but uh, when I was hired, I was the first employee for Star Wars in the U.S. Yeah. And I met my boss while I was covering a whiskey fest, shooting photos and writing a story. You know, like yeah. So he knew I had that creative side to me. I actually turned down a creative directive role to take the Star Wars role at another brand, but it was something about wanting to be a brand ambassador, but bring in my talents, my my strengths to the job too. So it's kind of all built around it. Yeah. So when we do the education and do the entry, not entry, but the uh, educational level stuff when it comes to being an ambassador, which obviously most of our job encompasses, but then also do what we're good at too. Is Brett done? Hmm? Is Brett done? I think so. It was a, it was oh. a short one. Well, let's take a short, let's take a, sh- let's take a short, yeah, let's take a break and then we'll get back to it while the noise level gets up. So we'll see you in a couple of minutes. And we're back from a short little uh, intermission where Brett is wrapped up a little and snack he break. was getting started. A little snack break? What were we munching on? I, that was the poppers. They were amazing. So what we have next is Mike from Few Spirits. He is part of their uh, port- portfolio manager, I believe, and he's going to be pouring their bourbon, their rye, and also their American uh, whiskey. Well, you were saying as well about the American whiskey, it wasn't originally... I can't remember if it started at Delilah's, but um, Delilah's did their own barrel select of it many years ago. It was extremely popular. It, it, was, it just tasted really great. I think all the way back in like 2014 maybe oh wow yeah quite a while ago and then they if you if you want to listen to Catherine on her episode from few spirits back in the first 20 episodes or so um go ahead and hear the whole story there but uh well yeah here getting more information out from mike i'm actually sipping on the bourbon which i haven't had haven't had for at least a year and a half 
And it's really, uh, I love the historical context that Mike is talking about now with the brand bringing into here, uh, everything that comes along to representing Chicago on, on the front of the bottle, even though they're in Evanston. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously we'd spoken a little bit about how, at the beginning, how you'd worked you'd worked with Koval previously, and there's sometimes that little bit of, not animosity, but like a com- competition, friendly yeah, competition. competition. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's amazing to see a Chicago brand like really flying, you know, really, really doing well and flying. So um, I've not really tried much of the few, so I'm going to get myself stuck in here. Yeah, the, I would say the rye was kind of the uh, first thing that really presented itself. It's really interesting with these brands, though, that go back to um, started in Chicago and Illinois. A lot of them started doing the same distilling techniques and using the same machines uh, when they first started about, oh gosh, now 12, 13 years ago when craft distilling was kind of entering its phase before it became a boom. Now what we have here with the approaching of thousands of, thi- uh, thousands of distilleries across the United States. Ooh, holding up the old Union horse. But um, I was looking for the few, but it's not that. But, but yeah, we uh, they were a lot of these brands were kind of using the same techniques and the same process and the same distillation. And people used to say, "Well, they're all the whiskey from Chicago tastes the same." And I don't know if they were. Too, I don't know if they're completely inaccurate that statement too. Um, but as brands started to build and build their own identity through their distillation techniques and which yeast they're using and the mash bills they're creating, that's when they really started to find themselves as separate entities, not just as Illinois craft distillers, but actual um, distil- distilleries making their own spirit. I'm finding it very hard to concentrate here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough one. <laughs> but do, do There's s- just so much going on. Do Scottish distilleries in certain regions get that tag as well, that they all kind of taste the same? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at... Look at regions across Scotland, I think for a long time, and even now, people believe that if it's from Speyside, it's going to be rich, floral, and fruity. If it's from Isla, it's going to be really, really smoky. And if it's from Highlands, it's going to be really spicy. Well, even the worst part is that everybody thinks that all scotch tastes like Rafflorig. In America. In America. I like to say that there's definitely a misconception with scotch that it smells like a wet dog and tastes like an ashtray. Right, right. But, you know, and we... I think being in the industry, it's easy for us to see because we're around it all the time. I mean, you were talking about earlier on the, your first kind of view, your, the first time you saw, um, the first time you saw uh, Sagamore, that uh, was in a liquor store, and we spend all of our time in liquor stores, so we're always around it, we're always trying it, we're always sampling it. But I think if you're the average, if you're the average drinker, you know. You think all rum tastes the same, (laughs) all vodka tastes the same, all whiskey tastes the same, you know? Rum's the next big thing. (laughs) It has been for the last 20 years. (laughs) Oh, I think Brett's going to hop back on and join us. Brett, you just did a a lovely job. It's good to have you back, Brett. (laughs) Did you miss us? uh, Brett, do you remember your first experience with Few? Or at least the kind of time frame? I'm guessing it was the rye. Right when it came out. The bourbon, 2010-ish? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Years? No, no, when it first came out. Uh-huh. Distillery has only been around since like 2011, 2010. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe a little longer than that, because I know it, them and Cobol kind of started all around the same time, and Cobol celebrated the 10 years in 2018. So maybe like 2008, 2009, but when we actually getting juice out in the market. I, it was a long, I just remember tasting the bourbon, and it's such a complex and unique bourbon right and then you meet paul and you get 
it's Paul's personality in a bottle, and and he wants it that way, and it's not for everybody, but the people that love it love it. And, and yeah. it's, to me, I like it just because it's so different. Like Paul Letko yeah, is the founder. Is the founder? Is the founder of Fuse? Who's talking about? Like when I'm yeah when I'm on the road and I see it and they don't have my stuff, everyone you know, I'm in the mood for that. You know, it's kind of a complex. It evolves over time. It's it's. They do really I, good work. Right. And I love where the brands come from over the last decade, where it's, it's one from being just a small brand to, like, it's it tastes young, but to having now, like, nice complex flavors to it and a real identity to its spirit, which is so hard for a which, craft brand. Which is bigger out of the two, out of Koval and Few? Which like, ones? They'll both tell you that. Probably because of Europe, right? What's, yeah. What? Koval's probably bigger because of Europe. Overseas. They both do overseas. Um, I believe Koval probably produces a little bit more. Uh, Space-wise, definitely Cobol, <laughs> um, but uh, they're, they're probably pretty much the same. I believe it goes back and forth. That's like who's like the biggest craft distiller. Because has the gin as well, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, Cobol heavily relies on oh, multiple gins. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, okay. they're, uh, they're Mike Hoffman, who is their lead distiller, popped by after our recording with Brett on Friday, and we were talking about their distillation right now, what's being busy, what's what's happening, and they have a cranberry gin. Uh, that's just taken off, and right now cranberry. As, yeah. Wow. Really nice. It came out right when I, right when I left the company, back in 2018. Um, coincidence? I think not. But they also have a great, a great barrel aged gin. That's one of my favorite things we ever did at Cobal while I was there. And uh, their dry gin is phenomenal as well, like using 12 different botanicals. But yeah, they go get their breakfast gin and a couple well, other. Their is well, it a tea gin? Earl Grey. Now they got a, they got a couple different coffee things that just came out. Right. And there's a tea one. They got Pushes. English and Regret, which they quit making. There's but definitely a push with all that those kind of spirits now as well. You know, like gin is growing mm. fast across the U.S. Gin and, gin and tequila are on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Now the funny thing with you though, it's a very regional brand. Now, if you have Paul on, he might tell you otherwise. But Samson and Surrey partnership has helped expand their distribution. Uh-huh. But I've often argued the thing that takes them outside of regional would be that breakfast gin because there's not much like it out there. Yeah, and you want unique. a red snapper, or maybe a you know a, a gin and orange juice. Like you want something fun for, like that's something that you could see in all fifty states. There's a gap. It's unique enough to put on a brunch menu. It's unique enough to put on a back bar. Like it, it it's not. And what separates a breakfast gin from a normal gin? Earl Grey tea, I think. Yeah, Earl Grey tea. That's right. Yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Which one? It's the same one though. I was confused it as a different one, but it's just the same. And gin. is it noticeable? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I need to try that. I need to try that. Yeah. Maybe. It's really interesting. Maybe Mike has some of it in his bag. We can try a little bit of it. That would be nice of him. That would be nice of him. Um, but no, I think that that's one of one one of my only one of my only kind of comments right now about the U.S. industry. You know, the booze industry, is that sometimes I feel like the market's saturated everywhere you look. You know what? The market's saturated yes. everywhere yeah. that you look. Right? Like, yeah. Like you know, you've got the big hitters, the big 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 guns. But then there's so many craft distilleries, there's so many local whiskeys being being uh, born out of things. It's like, this is great, this is great. But at the same time, you know, people are paralyzed for choice. You know, they're paralyzed to make a decision. So um, I think something like that, like a breakfast gin, that's an amazing way to, to kind of give yourself a USP. Like give, give yourself right. a chance to, to, like you say, break out of that regional kind of harness. Um, Got some more food coming this way. Yeah, I think they're samosas, are they? They look like samosas. This is a brisket wonton. Oh my wow. god! Hope it makes some to this yeah, table. It's, it's so important, I think, for those small brands to house an I'm okay. Uh, house an identity uh, in their region, in their city first, before they start branching out and going crazy. But uh, that's always part of everything we are doing 
when I was there, it was like, hey, how do you establish yourself as like this regional brand where people can get to know you, not just in your city, but outside of it too, where people that are visiting your state, that are, you know, t- are, are neighboring states that are come to, come to Chicago. Try something new. Right, right, right. Yeah. And leave with a bottle when they go home um, back there. And then hopefully, like, hopefully a distribution in that state. And then you can go to your own liquor store, start purchasing it. And that's how you build brand a brand from there and build people to trust in your brand. Yeah, because... You know, especially these local brands, they don't have any money behind them. You no. know, there's no real investment behind them, and it and it have to you have to build it slowly and from the ground up, which, right? Which goes to the content creation that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, and it, how important uh, that is because it's free. You can put it up on Instagram, put it up on Facebook. You can put paid promotion behind it, obviously, but to develop your page, that's all free. But getting 20, 30 people a week falling in love with your brand. That, that are also going to be little kind of mini, mini ambassadors for your brand, if you like. That's yeah. the way to success, right? Especially if you're growing from the ground up, from the roots up. 100%. Brett, Brett while well, you were presenting, we were talking about content creation, how important it is for brands. Do you, like, How much does Sagamore invest into that? Not necessarily money, but just time and effort. We have two um, full-time graphic designers. We have um, a really f- thorough process for things. There's a reason um, a lot of the stuff you see looks the same because okay. I see it every day. But you know that guy there has never seen a Sagamore menu before, and then hopefully when he's in LA on business, he, he sees the Sagamore it. menus. He recognizes it, and there's a big study we read or it was shared with me, where 34 percent of people bought Tito's because it was consistent everywhere they looked, mm-hmm. and something like 39 percent of those surveyed didn't because it was a varying campaign. Interesting. So there's a lot to being consistent and and again it's tough for people like us who see it and by consistency do you mean color do you mean shape all the way through design all the way through i mean if you go back and look at my instagram feed a lot of it looks the exact same everyone and you don't even see half of what i see (laughs) yeah Um, but i mean it's like you know arbor lore and then you know yeah we're the same single malt's paper and has changed labels maybe twice ever you know i mean it they know what they're doing um and it's interesting these days. So we put a lot into it, and, and we try to high quality, right. consistent. Because you you get seven seconds. I think they look at a shelf. Yep. They'll evaluate a brand for seven seconds. Then you add a sale tag, or something else, um, and it, it increases. But if you can, if seven seconds of that, if one of its five of it's not wasted on awareness and interest, they already know. Oh, I know that. I know that poster on the bar wall. Yeah, this is all. That's a segment feature. L3F, right? Like last three feet, they call right. it. You know, when someone walks up to a shelf, that last three feet is like where, where all the important parts right. are. And it's because they can see your branding, they can see your design, all that kind of thing. And um, one thing that I think is interesting that you said that obviously, you know, when we talk about in Scotch, at least when we talk about branding, you know, everybody always comes back to Johnny Walker. Yeah. Their slogan. You know, Chivas Regal, for example, is a great example. Since, like, they used to have This is the Chivas Life, then they had, you know, Win the Right Way, then they had Success is Better Shared and all this kind of stuff. Nice job, Mike. Um, But Johnny Walker, for as long as we can remember, has just been keep walking. Mm-hmm. And that consistency creates loyalty with a, with a fan base, right? Whether they know it or not. Right. You know? But it's just interesting because it's so easy to, you know, we were talking about that, how how it's free, essentially. This stuff is free, you know? But being top of mind and being top like top share of mind, that can win you one percent or two percent or three percent. We don't know, right? We can never really tell. But it's just an interesting concept at the moment, especially with COVID, because everybody has more time on their hands to create more content. Mm-hmm. You know, it was no, funny. I, I was. Let's uh, we'll we'll come back to that once the intermission's over. We'll we'll continue the conversation. We'll take another quick I break. Just here. had such a great point too. 
Sagamore, and what? we are back from a long intermission of the whiskey event. We are here at Oak and Swine. Are we okay to say that, Brett? Jake Hookie for the close, unlike yeah, Kenley so, Jansen yesterday. Um, we had Union Horse here. Unfortunately, Wilson was not able to attend the event because of the unforeseen circumstances that went to play this past week. So uh, Brett and the gang here had me jump up and pour a little Star Wars talk about it for five minutes, so I appreciate that. It's like Troy Percival, but Mariana Rivera. Way ooh, to shut it down. Ooh, thank you. Thank you. Um, but I think the highlight of the event was the food. The food yes. was unbelievable. Oh All off menu as well. So compliments to uh, Chef Mitch, who used to work at Burnt or Toasted Burnt? Slightly burnt? toasted. Slightly toasted. Slightly toasted. Maybe even a little toasted? Who knows? I think just that slightly. <laughs> but yes. No, the food was the food was incredible, yeah. and, and I'll definitely keep it in mind for whenever whenever you know COVID kind of eases off a little bit, and we can come back. I think um, the, th- the theme of the night though is um, as uh, Stephen Wright, who's the beer guy for Fox Valley, said, support local. Um, bars and restaurants are closing again for indoor space. They're going to basically turn into uh, to go restaurants for the most part, and if you can go out there and support your local places that have all of your favorite brands and your favorite food, that'd be amazing to help them keep them in business during a tough time. Yeah, and just have to pray that the government, the local government comes to their senses soon and there's some kind of more support, at least for the local spots, you know, rather than just for the chains and all that kind of thing. Yeah. I just well, pray for that. And I'm not sure when this will be released relative to the November 9th episode, but... Uh, we're released it on Friday this week. Oh, happy Friday, Friday! Oh, true, yeah. Ba- um, you guys are stealing all... We'll take the... The money under the table, if you like. But as we were talking about on a future episode, yeah, you know, support we, places we, we that got are doing that. it right. This was a private event. It was a hell of a deal. But yeah. it was seven, and it turned out being six. Tables of four for $100. Whether that was you by yourself, Callum, or two, you know, three friends. If, if I'd done it by myself, would I have got all four fours of <laughs> I each whiskey? <laughs> I don't one. think so. That would have been a bargain. But um, you probably would have gotten the same food portions. You <laughs> yeah, needed yeah, to go oh, back. 100%. And there ended up being, you know, three, four, I mean, plenty of, I think, 11 whiskeys, uh, two cocktails, five courses. Um, yeah, five courses. And, I mean. And a Star Wars dessert. And a Star, yeah, Star Wars is the closer. But, I mean, that's the stuff you got to support. Someone trying to make it, someone doing it local, providing service, providing good value. What an experience. It's hopefully the first of many. Um, but also, I felt safe. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, masks were abound and, and, and socially distant and. You know, you weren't sitting next to anybody you don't know. Um, it was sold that way. It took three days to sell out, which is awesome. Right. And uh, great job by Byron and Oak and Swine, by Mike and the Fox Valley Whiskey Society. And Yeah, I know um, Byron's busy right now. Um, I think maybe when Wilson can do it, since he couldn't make it tonight, we'll come back out here, record a, a podcast with Byron by himself, and talk about the restaurant. And Yeah, because the restaurant's beautiful. Right. You know, double floor as well. And the kitchen is obviously f- on fire at the moment, but right. not, not literally, thank God. But yeah. the, the the young chef, he came out and he was he was fantastic. And I love any time that someone's willing to really kind of talk about their food passionately. It's, right. it's great, that. you know, and, it, and it's going to sell that that little bit more. But the food was the food was electric, man. Like the wings were phenomenal. Those poppers that we had at the start, yeah, it was great. Uh, great night, all around uh, top class performance by Oak and Swine, and obviously the ambassadors here and Mike from Fox Valley to put this on. It's an awesome event to. Maybe a close-up events for the rest of the year, which is sad, sad reality. Yeah, that would be that would be a sad, sad reality. You know, and I, I spoke to um, the man up there at the top. Is that is that Mike then up there at the end? Yes. Right. So I spoke to Mike there, and and they were obviously talking as well about 
with through the Fox Valley, like doing like a kind of Bourbon 101 class, like sort of thing. And this was the first time that they'd ever kind of used any of that sort of any of that kind of stuff that they'd been using on the on the the television. So it's good for them to get a wee run out and to try that because you know as people go back into their houses and as winter sets in it could be something that they could launch on the side a little bourbon 101 class thing you pay 15 bucks or whatever and it takes you through the basics of it all yeah um yeah we should get uh do you want to see if mike wants to come on yeah. and talk for like 10 minutes and then we'll uh wrap it up from there and call it a night and call it a career yeah call uh, it a career call uh, it a close I'm, uh, a career i'm i'm leaving where are you going um Disappearing for a while. Home. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going back into the Nova Solaris solar system. I am the Star Child. Good night. I'm joking, Brett. So Callum and I are taking over. Yeah. Uh, whoever wants the podcast he's, rights. He's leaving. He's leaving the microphones to us, man. The, this thing is fucked. <laughs> Shoot. Ah, we could do it. The, the best ratings we ever had when we were you and Jamie were hosting. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jamie Duffy. I, I what a legend. My, my first my first appearance wasn't a huge hit. Was it what? My first appearance wasn't a huge hit. Huge hit. Uh, well, we were actually talking about how you were one of the very first brands to ask us to come on the podcast when you messaged me directly and said, hey, can I come on and talk about uh, Sagamore? And it was really my, I had seen Sagamore on the shelves, but I never had had it. And it's kind of my intro, my gateway into the company. I ask everybody, but I swore you asked me. I know we had a long threaded conversation. Yeah, I thought you asked me. I thought someone recommended me. It made me feel so special. That's well, the only maybe, reason I remember it that way. Maybe Matt Brown? You didn't say who. Oh. You said someone. Someone no, you, said it. I swear you DM'd me. No, you someone said you'd be a good a good guest for our podcast. From I, then I've DM'd every other being, podcast. I was, just, in the I was just being nice. I was just being nice, Brett. <laughs> well, I was being grateful and thankful for you reaching out to me. No, and the best part is like the friendships that we've made. Right, wait till we get to go to our first Iowa Illinois game. Oh, baby. Don't get me started. We're just baby steps. Iowa football, not looking too good. <laughs> Illinois football looking far worse. Illinois football, making Iowa football look good. No, it's... Uh, I will get out of the way. No, say, it's, oh. hang out. You're, you're all good, oh, Brett. Well, we're letting the youngin. So Mike from oh Fox Valley is oh God, joining I'm us and coming into the <clears throat> podcast world after an event of drinking, cheer, and lots of lots of deep fat fried food. I think the only thing Mike you did ever, wrong today was his uh, t-shirt selection. You ever been in a booth that's like too close to you? Like me right now? <sighs> there we go. We can move the table out for you. Oh, yeah. that's good. Sol- no, sol- 200 pound solid table. journey. No, this is this is a hint for me to lose a little bit of weight. That's all this the, is. Uh, we've lost over half the crowd, but it's still just as loud. One table left, and they're louder than it's been there's, all night. There's one. There's one table left. Uh, we have some Slovenians that are still here. Oh, lovely. That are drinking some. Uh, some uh, uh, pear brandy or grape brandy. Um, we've got some vintage whiskeys yep. that are out. Now, I don't need to interrupt, but you did not know Mr. Hookie's grandfather worked for Bean uh, back in some of those vintage days. Yeah, ages. my grandpa was an engineer there from about 89, 90 to 05. Really? Yeah. He ran the boiler system of the Claremont Distillery. So one of the things that I wanted to get to tonight was the... I'm fascinated by bourbon. I, it's It just... It's something that kind of like took over my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've, I've loved learning about it. I love drinking it. I love teaching people about it. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's very big in that history of bourbon is, you know, why you know, people see these like ceramic decanters, yeah. you know, and, and where, where did these decanters come from? I love talking about the history of bourbon's downfall, <laughs> you know, which is weird to say, but it's, I love talking about that from 1940 to 19, you know, 50. Two, 
you know, why bourbon was sold in these decanters, which is very much a part of Jim Beam's history. Right. You know, I love talking about that. I love sampling these things. Um, I, I, like, I like drinking bourbon and whiskey and scotch and Irish and international. Um, you know, anything that's not vodka. <laughs> Basically, right, right. <laughs> no, it's uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoy drinking, but but whiskey just kind of hooked me. Yeah, you know, it's weird. Like it did, it hooked you. Yeah, absolutely. and it hooked you. You know, I mean, it just it it, it 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 hooked all of us. You know, why why this one brown spirit kind of got all of us interested in in talking about it and teaching people about it. And I think it's also if you have any concept of history or passion for it. The two are so intertwined together, especially explaining the relationship it has with American history and developing this whole entire yeah, world that, in Scotland, that, too. My, yeah, exactly. That's my, my experience of it. Isn't so much that, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love whiskey and I love the hospitality industry and, and anywhere that there's going to be small local businesses that are innovating and creating new experiences for people, I think that's, that's fantastic. I'm really interested by it. And obviously that fits so well with whiskey, but I'm the same way. Jake often calls bourbon, you know, the... The national spirit of America, native right? Native spirit, baby. Yeah, native spirit, right, of America. And that's scotch for me, right? So it's like, it, it not only not only is the spirit fantastic, and I'm, and I'm enchanted by it, but it's also the fact that it has, I mean, bourbon and bourbon and, and American history go hand in hand. Right. Like, they, they, they essentially follow the same path together. And rye. And, and it's very, very... And rye. And it's very, very, it's very, very similar in Scotch as well. You know, there's so much history intertwined with the Scotch industry in Scotland as a country. It's fascinating, man. Mike. A little about you for the Fox Valley uh, Whiskey Society. That's correct, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, how'd that all start? So, I, 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 I feel, I feel like I'm gonna shoot myself in the foot here. I have not been drinking whiskey or bourbon. I mean, in in, in a comparative sense, that long. Um, I compared to what? It, compared to a lot of people out there, I, f- I feel like as a certified compared to you, Brett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, compared Brett. to you, Brett. It's half my age. I, I feel I feel as a you know I'm I'm a certified bourbon steward. I've I've you know I started this club, the Fox Valley Whiskey Society, uh, about 18 months ago, and okay. my my first soiree, if you will, into it was going to Jack Daniels, and it was learning about the history not only of of Tennessee whiskey but bourbon. And American history as well. Um, you know, I feel like right now, d- getting into the American history side of it is uh, is very it relevant. Was plastic this time. Last time it was glass. Yeah, yeah. Good thing nobody spilled anything else on the stairs. Right. Um, it was just something that was very fascinating to me. And I was I was in Tennessee. It was my second time going to Jack to the Jack Daniels Distillery. Um, I'd gone through the tour. I had learned everything about it. I knew about it. Uh, you know, I knew about Jack Daniels and, and Nearest Green and, um, you know, the distillery, how it was made. And, and then from there, it just kind of blossomed into this thing that was, you know, can we, can I go any further? You know, can I, what, what else can I do? Yeah. You know, can I do, can I start a whiskey society, which I had heard about on another podcast. I think it was like Bourbon Pursuit or yeah, something. Probably. Yeah. You know, I was listening to on my way home from, from Nashville one day <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, this episode is pretty cool. You know, there's a bunch of guys on there that started their own bourbon society. Like, I can probably do this. Right. You know, and then little did I know that it would turn into a part-time job. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it really has. You know, unfortunately now with with what's going on with coronavirus and COVID and shutting down restaurants and and just kind of closing everything it's it's a little bit more difficult to do what we did before Mm -hmm. um but through facebook and through social media 
you know, regardless of your feelings towards it, it's really kind of helped us expand from 100 members to 500 to 700 to 1,000 right. to 1,200 to 15. Social media was to now to, to 1,600 members. All in and around the Fox Valley area. We're, you know, we're all around that Chicagoland area. Mm-hmm. And we all share that common thing that we that we all really enjoy, and that's whiskey, whether it be bourbon, Irish, Scotch, Australian, you know, regardless of what it is, rye. You know, we, we love learning about this one thing, and we want to share what we're drinking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Beautiful. You know, um, and then we want to do, you know, little events throughout the year that bring people together and was to that enjoy one part of this, yeah, yeah. so this was kind of a, a part of that whole experience. I'd been working for about a year on a Bourbon 101 class. Um, you know, I've during, during quarantine, I said, all right, I'm going to buy 10 books, and I'm going to read them during quarantine. That was my challenge. Nice. So I bought 10 bourbon-centered books uh, that were kind of oriented around the history of America and the history of bourbon and, and not so much scotch or Irish whiskey, but I did learn a lot about that as well. Um, I've done a I've done an event in the past where we talked about the history of whiskey going back 1,500 years, um, but I really wanted to center on bourbon, and we did a we did a bourbon 101 class, and it was a, it was the first time we ever did one last year, and this event tonight that we did at a place that shall rename that shall remain nameless, uh, we we just kind of kind of you know we played on that, great you know to see what. Uh, you know what could be and and how how interesting it could be and what people could learn and we've had uh, we've had a lot of support and it's just, it's been super fun getting to work with different distilleries and getting to meet different people from Australia, uh, Maryland, Scotland and and all these different regions of the world where we can we can say hey we know these people let's try what there is out there at its best whiskey should ever bring everybody together so what yeah. thing what was your membership March thirteenth. What was my membership March thirteenth? How many people? So we've we've kind of we've grown really quickly, and I don't know if it's because of a Facebook algorithm or or what it is, but we've grown pretty quickly. I think in March, we were at maybe a thousand members. And where um, you at now? And we've grown relatively slowly, and compared to a lot of different clubs, but we're at a little over sixteen hundred members now, as of what are we? October twenty fifth. Yeah. That's on your Facebook page. Yeah, just, just me, on our Facebook page. Nice. Yeah, very great. To me, it's interesting, and and again, I think it's because I have more time or I'm spending my time differently. But I've done so much more with groups as opposed to accounts. And like I met, just met with three or four groups in Michigan. Uh, I've met with you. We've done your podcast. You know, we've done. I've done a lot of virtual events because it's easier to do. But it's been a lot more with groups and enthusiasts versus accounts. And I wondered if I would have done the same. But with more accounts involved and a bit more face to face, or just th- how COVID think, has played a whole role in I this. I think with you know as as society evolves and we we get away from you know as much as as weird as weird as it is to say, you know we're all us three are millennials, you know we 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 grew up on social media. Brett, I, he, I apologize. He didn't You're point little, to me because of the gray beard. Weird. But we, I mean, we grew up on social media, so I feel like the future of of whiskey, regardless of whether it's bourbon or rye or Scotch or Irish or Australian or um, an American single malt or whatever it is, I think the future is is not so much in liquor stores. I th- I think honestly it's in private groups. I think it's in going to Utah, Colorado, California, Michigan, Indiana, and going to the groups that have three, four, five, a thousand members. 
and saying, hey, this is who we are, this is what we do, you know, would you want to buy a barrel? Um, you know, me being 1,600 plus members strong, I would love to buy a Sagamore barrel. Yeah, I would love to buy we'll an, an Eberlaw barrel. I, w- I would love to buy a, a Starward barrel. You know, I would love to buy these things. You know, I think each group is kind of as we, we evolve as a society and more people are introduced to whiskey. As people start to graduate from beer, as we like to call it, I think they're looking for more interesting things. You know, we're doing an American single malt that's 148 proof. It's, it's one of the best whiskeys I've ever tried in my life. You know, we've bought from Journeyman. We bought a barrel from Journeyman. We bought, we've, we, we have two with, with Boot Hill Distillery. So I think the private groups more than the liquor stores, even though liquor stores are doing relatively well right now. <laughs> just um, a bit, just a yeah, bit. Yeah, they're booming. I, I think the private groups, because bourbon is in a boom right now, ever since what, 2012, yeah, 12, 13, yeah. Around there. Um, you know, I think the private groups like ours, the Fox Valley Whiskey Society, I'll, I'll mention another one, my, my good friend TJ and, and, and oh, Will yeah. at, at uh, Adventures in Bourbon yeah, Club. Yeah, they're we know those guys. Fantastic. I love those guys. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talk to each other, I don't want to say regularly, but semi-regularly just to kind of bounce ideas off each other. Right. And there's no animosity. Everybody is kind of in it to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We just want to drink great whiskey, and we want to get people together that like the same thing. Yeah, and your clubs lend us the opportunity to get face-to-face with the individuals that have a passion and a care about it for you. Or maybe like tonight, there's a lot of novices, it seemed like, when it came to drinking, but they gave you their full attention and tried everything and left with compliments and a great time at the end of the night. So I think getting, it's a benefit for us. I think getting people into it that, that don't realize that they're that they, they don't know what they like. You know, a lot, of, a lot of people that I think were here tonight are vodka drinkers or cocktail drinkers. Mm. I think doing an old-fashioned was the right way to kind of introduce people, but, um, you know, teaching people how to properly appreciate it. You know, I don't, I don't think there's a lot of education. You know, I, I, I come from the, the school of when I was 23, I would take shots, you know. The, the, the idea being how drunk can I get like that, you know what I mean? But now as, as you get older, you get people that, are, that were into the craft beer craze of like 2006. Right. Right. You know, and they IPAs were big, you know, and then you're like, all right, well, now I got to get to this and then I got to do this and I got to do this. And then the next thing you know, it's whiskey and rum and, and all that. It's, it's these different spirits that are, you know, that are aged differently and aged in, the, in specific ways. Um, I think more people right now are getting into whiskey. I think rum is going to be big, but I think teaching people about it more importantly than just introducing people to it. Yep. Just saying, hey, try this. You know, I think introducing and, and educating people say this is this is how you properly do it this is how to properly smell whiskey this is how you nose it this is how you taste it um these are the descriptors you know what wh- how like how do you experience because i think a lot of people are well let's take a shot and then and then that's it right right i i just i was with a guy the other day older gentleman and we haven't drank much whiskey together it's like i'll do a buffalo trace like you know, on the rocks with you, like we're bonding over. I, I joined his club, and next thing I know, two shots show up. I'm like, no, I don't want to do a shot of <laughs> Buffalo Trace. Like, want to like, enjoy this spirit. He was yeah. so excited they had Buffalo Trace at their club. I was like, that's great. Yeah, let's let's just work one together. And he's like, no, let's go. Like, no, that's not that's that's fine, but that's not what I intended. I think to do. I think education more than just getting people exposed to it is really more imperative. Um, you know, I was at 
I was at a place this weekend and I asked for, you know, I'm wearing their shirt, a journey, you know, journeyman distillery. Mm-hmm. We were in, uh, we were in Indiana. We were 20 minutes away from the distillery. You know, I, I, I love journey just as much as I love every craft distillery. You know, I want to know what's interesting and what's unique out there. But um, I was sitting at a, at a restaurant that didn't really know when I asked for a, you know, can I get a, a, a pour of this whiskey neat? And they said, oh, you want a shot? No. No, I don't want a shot. Right. I want this whiskey neat. I think educating people on how to enjoy it, you know, how to how to smell it or nose it properly, mm. giving them descriptors that are common, um, how to taste it properly. You know, we call it the Kentucky Chew. Right. You know, how to how whiskey to you know, swirl it around in your mouth and and just kind of enjoy it. You know, the the, the proper way. Um, I think that's really imperative, and not just whiskey. I think for all spirits. You know, I think you can do that. You know, you can do it with tequila. I love tequila. I, I grew up in a household. My stepdad is is Hispanic. Um, I love tequila. I love rum. I've been learning to love gin. I think it's just it's it's not so much of like going to the bar and experience it. I think it's going to events like what we've had tonight and learning about it, how to enjoy it, smell it, taste it, and really appreciate it. So that when you go to the liquor store and you see that bottle. Of Aberlaw, of of uh, Sagamore, of uh, Starward, whatever it is, you can say, "Oh, hey, I've had that before. I know what it tastes like. I know how to enjoy it, and now I know how to turn it into a cocktail. I can do it in a, you know, in a Manhattan. I can do it in a in a Boulevardier. I can do it in a in an old fashioned, or I can drink it neat or on the rocks. You know, there's no wrong way to drink whiskey. It's however you like to drink it. That's the way to drink it." Get out of the big bottle into the small one. Exactly. Events like, events like this tonight highlighted. I know we're getting kind of the side eye from the staff, so we want to keep them here all night. So, um, yeah, well, they're turning the lights off and scooting the chairs in, so maybe we should get out of here. And we'd, uh, we'll, we'd love to do a longer podcast with you in the this future. Was, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I, uh, I'm going to – I got 15 more minutes until my wife shows up. So, you guys, thanks for yeah. doing Star Wars. Yeah, and, absolutely. Thanks for having know, us. Uh, Brett, thanks for doing – Doing Sagamore. And I won't invite myself over this time. Yeah, no, no cigar this time. No cigar this time. Yeah, well, yeah, it, was uh, a, it was a great event, and hopefully we can repeat at some stage in the future. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, Mike, we'll have, a, we'll have have you on top of the, the whole yeah. program and give before you a full I episode. Before I, uh, that'd be great. I get going out of Illinois, All away right. from you guys. All right, for Cal and myself, for Mike and Brett. Cheers, guys. Have a good everybody. night. Hey, young world.